Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Raiders Takana, broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Uh, a full recap of Match Day 26 in La Liga coming up. And, of course, the fourth Clásico of the season, quite rightly, takes centre stage. Uh, they've met twice in the Copa and now twice in La Liga. We're back to our, our chat format this week. So, for part one, I'm joined by uh, Ewan McTeer in Madrid. Hi there, Ewan. Hi, David. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, and I'm sure a very happy man representing in Barcelona. It's Roman Berker. Hello there, Roman. How are you feeling? Hi. Very, very good, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure you are as a self-confessed couleur. But let's get straight into it. Finished a Real Madrid nil, Barcelona one. Uh, despite there only being the one goal, it was another full-blooded classic. played at breakneck speed. Barely any let-up, really. If these two teams had Champions League or anything else on their minds, you just simply would never have known it. First of all, guys, just your, your overall impressions on the match as a whole. Uh, Roman, you go first. Well, I thought it wasn't one of the best Clásicos we've seen, of course, but uh, the first half especially, Barca were much better than in the Copa del Rey game and they proved that the, um, introducing Arthur into the game changed a lot the way they were playing and they had much more control, which I think helped them not worry so much about Madrid's attacking positions. And what about you, Ewan? What's your assessment? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, we've had a bit of discussion in recent weeks about has the classical become decaffeinated? Has it become too lovey-dovey? And we saw that that certainly wasn't the case when Macy and Ramos, just 45 minutes after shaking hands, patting each other in the back, they were squaring up head-to-head. I loved that. I wonder whether that might become a narrative in the second half and whether, you know, Messi riled up would then go and dominate this game. Uh, didn't prove to be the case on this occasion. Just the one goal. It was a classy goal, though. The sort of thing you'd expect from Messi. Uh, maybe not from Ivan Rakitic, latching onto a beautifully weighted pass from Sergio Roberto. Roman, is he underrated by Barca fans? Is it fully appreciated what he offers in his overall play as well as the way that he took this goal? To be honest, I actually think he's one of the fan favourites here in Barca. I think it's more the press and maybe the club who wants to sell him and are maybe like saying not so many good things about him but he himself as a player I mean we saw in both games he was one of the best defensively and this time even offensively I mean he's definitely a really valued player by Barca fans I think. Ewan, there's pretty much consensus on who the best player on the pitch was. Gerard Piquet, who played absolutely brilliantly. I mean, this has got to be up there with one of his best classical performances, hasn't it? What, what really impressed you about his display? 
Yeah, he was fantastic and, you know, not just cutting out all the balls, but even the way that he sometimes had to move over and, and square up to Vinicius and he gets down into that sort of crouch pose, but um, it works so well and you, you sort of wonder if, if this little Brazilian, surely he's got the pace and the trickery to get past a guy that's the, the wrong side of 30, but he didn't. Piquet held his ground, stood up and then had a lot of fun afterwards with his post-match celebrations, comments, everything. He was in his element. It, it was peak Piquet in that respect wasn't it uh, as you said you know the, the, the gestures to the crowd the huddle and sort of bouncing on the pitch at the Bernabeu as well but who should partner him Roman because well Clement Longley was preferred to Samuel Umtiti who is back from injury is he now ahead of him in the pecking order to partner Gerard Piquet at centre-back I'm certain he is right now I mean Umtiti's been out for a long time he needs to get into rhythm that's going to take a while and Valverde isn't the guy who's going to risk putting Umtiti back in when he has Lenglet who's playing at a great level. Why change things around? They make a great duo. For sure, they're going to be the starters in the next few important games coming up. How do you see it, Ewan? Uh, Umtiti or Lenglet? Who gets the vote for you? Well, to be honest, Umtiti should be starting next week because Lenglet probably should have got a red card for that elbow. If we're talking about Ramos, who probably could have got a red for that one on Messi, and I think he should have, that one on Lenglet I think was even worse. But um, no, long term, Lenglet, there's no reason to draw drop him because yeah Umtiti came in against Sevilla looked a little bit rusty and Lenglet yeah he should keep playing until there's reason to rest him or if he's out suspended yeah if you're a Real Madrid forward by the way uh, it must have been so so frustrating to see this sort of Blaugrana wall that they couldn't break through time after time you, you saw them in promising positions regularly in this game particularly down that left hand side uh, either Vinicius Junior or uh, later on Marco Asensio uh, you and what were Madrid lacking why couldn't they knock down the door they just don't have someone who can finish other than, than Benzema and even Benzema is uh, a little bit inconsistent Vinicius is, is excellent until he gets into the penalty area he crosses over that white line and then he's sort of gone as far as he can he can't finish and he will you know he'll get better at that but right now he can't finish and the fact that all the play goes through him he's not always going to be able to find Benzema uh, like he did in Amsterdam sometimes he's going to have to score himself and when he can't do that then Real Madrid aren't going to score yeah uh, I guess those two words Cristiano Ronaldo uh, rear their ugly heads right now and it did seem like actually Benicius was was the outlet that people were looking for uh, give him a mark out of 10 for his performance uh, on Saturday night Ewan uh, I'd give him a 7 or an 8 for this one I'd say he was a bit better in the Copa del Rey midweek but yeah he was still one of the Real Madrid's best players on, on Saturday what about uh, the other uh, inside left or, or left winger who was impressing uh, Usman Dembele Roman he had his moments got into some decent positions uh, why don't you do the same give us an assessment and a mark out of 10 on his performance well I think he was um, pretty good especially at the beginning because uh, the classical before against Madrid in the Copa del Rey he started off quite lost you know his passes were weak he, he wasn't sure where to go but this classical he felt more free this time he was capable of doing his things it wasn't his one of his best games for me still but it was pretty good in all in all so I'd say maybe uh, a 7 ok 7 out of 10 I mean I think his decision making at times uh, was a little suspect I mean look this guy's still very young so we've got to give him time as well let's stick with the theme of, of traditionally at least wide players guys we've got to talk about Gareth Bale picked in Madrid starting 11 he didn't have an impact on this game he was brought off on the hour he was whistled by the crowd again as he walked off the pitch and, and especially when you think of the slightly wider context his lack of celebration um, after scoring that penalty in the win at Levante uh, he seems particularly prickly right now so how do Madrid solve a problem like Gareth Bale Ewan tough question but you answer it first 
Oof, it's, yeah, it's a tough one. It's getting ugly. Bale doesn't seem to be uh, involved with the squad. He doesn't seem to be trying his hardest, even if he is. It's just his body language is off, and it's a really messy situation. His performances aren't good either. Part of that might be because he's stuck out on the right. I'm sure he'd rather be on the left where Vinicius is, and maybe they could try swapping him around, see if that works, but there's not many solutions to this problem. It's, it's a complicated one. I think... Um Bale thought that when Cristiano would leave he was going to just take over he was going to be the new superstar he was going to be successful but he's realized that it isn't an easy task to lead a club such as Madrid and now he's found he isn't capable of doing so so he's kind of just given up I think he's just said okay better just think about next season find myself another club where I can really be the best player because now he's far from that yeah, and, and he was subbed and, and, and Marco Asensio came on. Um, the, the subs who really affected the game, though, let's talk about them. Fede Valverde for Madrid, Arturo Vidal, arguably, for, for Barcelona. So let's just represent for each of these. Uh, Ewan, um, do you like Fede Valverde? I mean, he seemed to bring directness, energy. I mean, I thought he, it was a very mature performance for someone who came on uh, in a classical and tried to, to make an impact. Yeah, I think the best thing that Valverde did was his his presence seemed to move Real Madrid forward about 10-15 metres. He was just a little bit more direct than Cruz was and, and Cruz deservedly subbed off, I think. I mean, uh, in the week when he's been getting into Twitter spats with uh, Bernd Schuster, he didn't really <laughs> put in a performance to justify his case and Valverde came on and had a better showing than Cruz did and that says it all for him to be playing better than one of the, the best midfielders of the last five years. Roman originally... Artur for Arturo Vidal might have raised a few eyebrows but the Chilean was in battle mode wasn't he as soon as he stepped over that white line and, and he played his part yeah let's talk about Vidal because we don't even have to mention Coutinho to be honest and <laughs> Vidal was, was actually tr tremendous this game he, he always comes out with so much energy I mean it's true that fans criticise him because his style maybe isn't what Barca are looking for in the midfield but I mean he just comes in and, and starts fighting for every single chance and I mean that's what team needs you know to keep up the momentum and the energy because it's true that in that second half Barca had kind of brought down their intensity and, and Vidal just gave that extra punch they were lacking and he really he really hates Real Madrid doesn't he I mean <laughs> this guy the, some of the battles he had with Bayern Munich against him really seemed to get uh, him riled up and obviously scored in the, the first league classical this season and then came on and yeah he was just excellent he <laughs> he must have enjoyed this almost as much as Piquet yeah and, and I think also it's not just the combative stuff that's obviously what he'll be known for he's, he's got the Mohican haircut and all that but some of his passing I mean some of the crossfield balls that just relieved the pressure on the centre of the pitch and stopped Madrid flowing forward I think those are the sort of things that again show that match management that match maturity and the experience that, that he has uh, let's just trot out a few stats at this point in terms of the overall record for Real Madrid and at the uh, Estadio Bernabeu first time that they've lost three home games in a row since 2004 they've now lost the last four home league Clásicos five out of the last six as well they've only won two of the last 11 at home in La Liga against Barcelona and they now trail Barcelona in terms of all time Clásico wins 96 to 95. So that's basically a landslide vote in favour of Barcelona. Why is it that they're not phased by the Bernabeu and why is it that Madrid seem to be right now, Roman? To be honest, it's really strange because it's kind of always been the opposite. You know, Madrid, big club winning the titles and Barca were just always kind of afraid to play against them. But I don't know if it was that 2-6 in 2009 with Pep Guardiola where we absolutely smashed him at the Bernabeu. And since that moment, Barca seemed to just enjoy it. And also having Piquet, I guess, which who loves this kind of game, who loves going into rivals' homes and, and beating them and doing whatever he has to do. I mean, something's really changed and it's, it's, it's a good thing for Barcelona. 
Uh, Ewan, what about Santi Solari? Does he now need to win the Champions League to keep his job? And in fact, even if he wins it, does that guarantee that he keeps his job into next season? Are you trying to say that the, the Club World Cup isn't the, the be-all and end-all? <laughs> Is that what you're saying, David? Um, no, of course he has to win the Champions League now. And even then, pff, I don't know if that will be enough. I think we've seen he's certainly not proven to be the new Zidane. And I think Real Madrid are probably now going to be considering who to come in to replace him in the summer because, yeah, it just hasn't worked for him. Let's get both of your thoughts on Ernesto Valverde because he's doing what he needs to do. Does he deserve a bit more respect? Simply because, well, more than anything else, he's, he's earned a new contract. He's, he's impressed the powers that be enough for them to stick with him. They know what the Barcelona way is and, and all the tradition. He's got at least two more years if he serves out his contract with the option. So, Ewan, do you think that eventually he will convince what is a very demanding public? I think he already has and Roman will, will know this I'm sure but I think he has convinced the fan base at the Camp Nou it's, it's not rare for them to be singing his name I think it's uh, the fans on Twitter that have these memories of Guardiola era in Barcelona and Catalonia I think he's quite loved Yeah I have to agree with you and I mean at the Camp Nou fans are pretty happy with, with Valverde whereas Twitter is completely different you get the feeling that Valverde isn't the man for the job This by the way our chosen game on Partiaso predictions uh, Real Madrid nil, Barcelona 1 um, guys, we need to do something about Paco Polit because he is getting away from all of us. He's nudged further ahead. One more point for predicting that Barcelona would win. So what it means, Paco has 23 points and the rest of us stay where we are, obviously. So you and you have 14. Uh, Roman, you and I have 13. Alex Johnson has 10. But basically what this means is second place is the new first place, right? I mean, you know, uh, we, we could just let Paco do what he wants. We can take away his phone. We can blindfold him. It won't make any difference. He's probably going to win this thing. So it's yeah, all about the He's battle. ahead in the league, but I'm sure we've got a Champions League version of Partidato <laughs> predictions that I'm turning my attention to. Out of desperation, I think we might just have to do that, Ewan. Um, guys, thank you very much. Uh, that is it for part one of this Ali Galodan mini-pop. Plenty more to talk about, though, in part two as we round up the rest of Match Day 26 in Spain's top division. We'll see you very shortly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Well, welcome back to this Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Stakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. That's the classic odd done and dusted. Time to catch up with the rest of the action over the weekend. And if there is still a title race in La Liga, well, the other team in it are Atletico Madrid, who won by two goals to nil away to Real Sociedad. Alex Johnson is our lady in the north of Spain. So let's speak to her now. Hi there, Alex. Well, Atleti's goals came in just a space of three minutes in the first half at Anueta, both from Alvaro Morata, both headers, both from set pieces. The second from a free kick from Coque, who was later sent off for two bookings but Atleti defended superbly well with 10 men to see out the win and keep the clean sheet as well let's start off with Morata what do you make of the start to his Atleti career just a few games in now well, I think he's done incredibly well, uh, better than I think most of us expected. He's just adapted into the team so quickly. And also, the way he started getting two goals that were disallowed, a lot of players could be cut back by something like that happening. But maybe all he, he needed was just some love to feel wanted and, and cared for, which is obviously in Atleti. And can you see him starting regularly alongside Diego Costa, or, or do you think it'll be either him or Costa with Antoine Griezmann? I think that could be a really interesting trio to have Morata and Costa and then Griezmann a step behind. If you have three that incredible players in the same squad, I think most coaches would try the most to, to get all three of them on the pitch at the same time. And what about the title race? What's your assessment of it with Atleti still seven points behind Barcelona, 12 games to go? Well, seven points is always a lot, but I think there's two ways to look at it because this season is so incredible in the sense that any team can basically beat any team and we have surprises happening every other weekend so in that sense seven might not be as big of a distance in terms of points that it would have been any other season so I wouldn't say that the league is over just yet but then again FC Barcelona have this guy called Lionel Messi and well he is Lionel Messi so that says a lot as well Yeah it's a pretty strong argument and it's a first defeat for Imanol Aguasil back in charge of Real Sociedad what positives can they take going forward would you say? I think one of the positives from this match for them is that they lost. Uh, how weird that might even sound. But I think sometimes you need a defeat to realise that there is problems. And La Real have been undefeated in 2019. But if you look at their games, it's been far from flawless. So this defeat might open Imanol's eyes a bit to the problems they actually have to address if they are going to have any chance of, of reaching that European spot that they are aiming for. And while we've got you with us, Alex, let's discuss uh, Eibar 1, Celta Vigo 0, Ipurua. The goal coming in the 87th minute uh, from Sergi Enrich. And this result led to the sacking of Miguel Cardoso, the appointment of Fran Esquirá as Celta coach on Sunday night. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But in terms of the game, Celta could have won it. They could have lost by more because Chalas missed a penalty for Eibar. So what did Cardoso fail to get right in this game? And in fact, during his very short time in charge of Celta? Well, I think overall it's the same things from the start. And I think where he really got wrong was that he didn't address... Celta's problems from the beginning which is mainly the defensive problems and the balance that they have been lacking instead he tried to make them play like Barcelona from the start he put a lot of ball on the feet of, of defenders that didn't have any confidence didn't have any idea of what they were doing he basically jumped over the basics and tried to run without knowing how to walk and so it is the former Elche Getafe and Villarreal coach Fraesquirá who takes over. Now you were there in Vigo at his presentation on Monday. What did he have to say? Uh, well, he pointed out several times that the reason that he haven't coached in in over a year is that he was looking for the right job, and he think this is it. This is a the ideal project for him. He kept on pointing out how he saw that this team is very eager, and despite everything that's been happening, they are not letting their heads down. And it's a squad and a club that he likes very much. The problems isn't as much the defense as the balance in. The team. So what about Franskiva? What are we expecting in terms of football and what does he need to do with this group of players to keep them up? 
Yeah, so the major flaw for Celta this entire season has been the inexperience in the team. Now there's at least a coach coming in who knows La Liga, who knows this type of situation very, very well. But then again, it's so late into the season, it's going to be difficult for him, whatever he does. And what he really would have needed would be to have a transfer window so he could get in the right type of players to find that balance. But now he kind of have to do it with what he has. Yeah, he needs to have an immediate impact. Uh, what about Eibar? I mean, they've got a fair cushion over the bottom three now. How significant would securing another season of top flight football be for them? When you start thinking about it, it's still just incredible and even more incredible uh, for how longer they stay up. So I think for them, it's a huge thing staying in La Liga because it's just still this dream that they are living. And I think also it's a big thing for football. It shows that even if you're a small club from a very small city with small resources, if you're smart about what you're doing, uh, you can do it. All right, thanks for that, Alex. Well, while we talk about the teams in the top six, Hetafe are still fourth after beating Rabetis away by two goals to one. A Leandro Cabrera header from a superb ball in from Portillo and then Jorge Molina played in Jaime Mata for Hetafe's second before half-time. A Joaquin got one back with a thumping strike, but that is how it finished. And one of the results of the weekend involved Sevilla, who lost 2-1 at Huesca in dramatic circumstances. Juan P gave Huesca the lead with a smart finish from close range. Then Wissam Benyeda scored a VAR-awarded penalty on 84 minutes for 1-1 only for then Jimmy Avila to score a spectacular winner in the 98th minute. Wesker have won three out of the last five and they are very much up for this survival fight. Right, one more La Liga Lowdown squad member to speak to, so we're heading to the Valencian community. Yes, it's time to check in with Paco Poli. There were two games in his region over the weekend. Valencia's 2-0 win over Athletic Club and Villarreal's defeat at home to Alaves by two goals to one. Uh, Paco, let's start off with Valencia, a game that you were at. Uh, brilliant first goal from Rodrigo. Uh, really good interplay with him and Santi Mina. And then he volleyed home. And the second was when Athletic were pushing forward, looking for the equaliser and Valencia on the break. Condogbia, Guedes, Carlos Soler, Kevin Gamero just tapped it home. Uh, so what about that Rodrigo goal to start off with? How did it look and how was it received at Mestalla. Well, an absolute golazo to finally kick off the game after 50 minutes of boring-as-hell football between both teams. <laughs> and uh, the whole setup was pretty great with that 1-2 between Santimina and Rodrigo. A true beauty. A goal with actually fans in the stands stood up and watched in the electronic scoreboard time after time. And, and of course, the result leaves Valencia in seventh place. One point, one place behind Sevilla on this unbeaten run, keeping clean sheets galore. I mean, all is Rosie in the garden isn't it yeah, well, it's better. It has improved from, for example, Christmas. But Valencia are still not close enough to where the team wants to be. We have said over and over again here in La Liga Lowdown that the Champions League is Valencia's goal. And that remains six points away thanks to an unstoppable Getafe. So I think Valencia need to be consistent to have a shot of making it. So Copa del Rey final, Europa League last 16, obviously trying to fight for that Champions League spot. How is Marcelino doing in terms of managing energy? in the squad. I think he's doing fine, but again, it's the results we should actually thank for this uh, new second coming from the team. Against Athletic, over half of the lineup was different than in Copa del Rey. Uh, newcomers Ferran, Condogbia, Diacavi, Santimina. Martellino's finally rotating properly, and this means that 16 or 17 players are now enchufados. They have the confidence and belief that they can start any game with the team. 
And what about Athletic Club? A third defeat in 15 games under Gaisa Garitano. Where do you think they'll finish? Well, I think they're a clear case of no man's land at the end of the season. Their impressive reaction a few weeks ago was due to the way they felt the heat of relegation hot on their tail. And now that they seem clear of danger, I foresee them getting to 40, 42 points and uh, call it a day. Okay, let's move on to Villarreal 1, Alaves 2. Uh, Guillermo Maripan with the opener for the visitors. Then Manu Garcia penalised for handball. Santi Casorla with the penalty. Uh, that made it 1-1. But then Johnny set up Takashi Nui for the winner. 30 minutes from time for Alaves. Now, how serious is this situation for Villarreal? Because well, they really hoped that they could get out of the drop zone with a win in this game. And they conceded when they looked like they were going to win the game. Well, I think they're a hot mess. The second coming of Calleja is now officially a dud. And there's no B plan, or better said, there's no C plan that Villarreal can use. They're stuck with this manager. They're stuck with the squad till the end of the season. He's trying to support the defense with more individual defenders at the expense of not attacking. And that is a bad idea for a team who have traditionally based their success in scoring and playing attractive football. And what about the next month, Paco? Because they've got games against Levante away, Rayo at home, Celta away. How do you see it? All of them crucial games and with confidence in the lowest level in like ever. And in fact, I, at this point, I believe playing in Europa League can be very damaging for Villarreal if their dynamic doesn't change ASAP because it requires energy, it requires effort. And I don't really know if the team is in a position of thinking about other competitions when the chance of getting relegated is so, so close to them. Well, one team who's definitely not going to get relegated are Alaves because they've got to 40 points. So Abelardo's got his wish. Can they potentially make Champions League or Europa League, Paco? Yeah, absolutely. Two years ago, they got to the Copa del Rey final when nobody believed in them. And this season, they have been actually very, very consistent. I don't really know if Champions League will be their prize, but sure, they can snatch one of the Europa League spots if they keep doing things this way. Okay, cheers for that, Paco. Seven games down, three to go on La Liga Match Day 26. Rawe Cano are still struggling after being Stuanied at Vallecas. You see Girona striker Christian Stuani showing his predatory instinct, stabbing home Girona's first from close range, heading home their second after the break in a 2-0 win. It's 15 goals and counting for him in La Liga this season. Now the crowd at the Ercede Stadium witnessed two special things on Saturday. Espanyol beating Real Valladolid 3-1, the fastest goal of the season from Borja Iglesias after just 18 seconds and then also Wu Lei became the first Chinese player ever to score in La Liga. In the Monday night game, Leganes beat Levante 1-0 at home. Oscar Rodriguez with the goal on 13 minutes, utterly gifted to him by the visitors. Lega up to 11th and they're 10 points above the relegation zone. Their unbeaten home run continues. Let's have a look at how the table looks after 26 games. Barcelona top on 60 points, Atletico second on 53, Real Madrid third on 48, Hetafe fourth on 42, Alaves fifth on 40 points. At the bottom it's Huesca who are still bottom but they're up to 22, then Rayo second bottom, Villarreal third bottom on 23 points, Celta Vigo just outside the drop zone on 25, Real Valladolid on 26. Don't forget to check out our Twitter feed. We are at La Liga Lodan on Twitter. We'll keep you informed on all of the European action this week. And please feel free to leave a lovely review and a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this podcast as well. That's your La Liga Lowdown. We'll see you next time. This was a Radio Stakano production. 
Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.